Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode, I sit down with a previous podcast guest and a Bethany Lutheran Church member, Jeff Liljegren. Jeff is a real estate agent, uh, but he also is the father of three young children. And so Jeff and I sit down and just talk about what it's like to raise kids and raise kids in the faith uh, in 2022. The conversation veers off into other places as well, which is always part of the fun of these conversations. But I hope you enjoy it. I hope this is interesting to you. As always, thanks for listening and for your support of the podcast. Please continue to share this uh, feed with family and friends. Continue uh, to leave those reviews and ratings on the iTunes store. All of it helps other people discover the podcast. But now, conversation with Jeff Liljegren. Welcome, everybody. I'm sitting here in my office with Jeff Liljegren. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome welcome back. I'm so <laughs> glad to be back. It's It's been a while, but it's awesome to be back here with you, Nate. Yeah, I think it was around this time, maybe last summer or so, we had Jeff on the podcast, and he had just started his role um, moving into a real estate career. And you yeah. were talking about how, you know, like life of faith and this work as a real estate agent and how those kind of overlapped and meshed. Also kind of sharing with us some of your story, how you ended up in real estate. <laughs> That's true. That's and today I've brought you on. Actually, this was Jeff's idea, which was a great idea. Uh, he wanted to talk about parenting and, and what it's like for us to be dads, um, raising kids in this world and trying to raise the kids in the faith as the best we can. An ever, an ever evolving world. Yeah, no kidding. And just with so many things, I just think about how different their reality is, my kids, than when I was growing up. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's Absolutely. just a brave new world out there. But where I want to start, Jeff, um, just talk to us about, right, like you've made this shift into real estate. That's what we heard about from you last time. What's it like now also being a dad and a small business owner? Because that's really kind of, you're self-employed as a real estate agent, right? I am. Yeah. I mean, I have a relationship with a brokerage home, you know, through Keller Williams, but um, ultimately it's all on me. It's my business. No one's telling me what to do every day. I get mm-hmm. up on my own and I have to set my goals and um, get out there and just try to find business. Yeah. Yeah. And in doing that, I also have to play more of uh, the, the stay-at-home parent role. Sure. My wife, you know, she's very active in her work. She's an employee in an employed situation. She has a nine to five, nine to six job. And that requires her to be there on time and active and available and even sometimes off the clock, right? Because she's a consultant. And so Mm -hmm. there's work that needs to be done that um, our clients need and they need it yesterday. So (laughs) that makes her less available as a mom or as a parent. And so I have to step up be that role right and i mean and kids feels, schedules are just not conducive to no, no, work I, schedules at all no and, and it's it's interesting because i find myself um i just find that i'm taking on more of that role that i experienced my mother for instance doing mm-hmm. mostly when mm-hmm. i was a kid um and so kind of gender roles have have evolved and switched around and whatnot yeah, and I think that's great in a lot of ways. I think about my life growing up, and yeah, my memory is a lot of like my mother being really, really involved and active. And I've kind of loved, even you know, not all the time, <laughs> but <laughs> that you know, my wife and I, we both have jobs that allow us to be very flexible. It's one of the great things about being a pastor is I have to be here on Sunday morning, 
And then the rest of the week, I, I need to get stuff done, but it's less con, you know, restricted to specific times of the day. Exactly. Um, and it's just been awesome to feel like I'm really engaged in my kid's life and really, you know, active and involved in a lot of the day-to-day stuff that they see me doing. In fact, uh, Miriam this morning, <laughs> this is this is perfect timing. I wasn't even thinking about this. My littlest Miriam, so she's four, and she's sitting at the breakfast table and she's watching me and I'm making lunches for all the kids. And I do okay. that every morning. I'm always the one that makes the lunch. Awesome. And she says, she's like, when I grow up, I want to be a dad. And we're like, why? Like, talk to us about that, Miriam. And she's like, I want to make the lunches. <laughs> it's just because she always sees me doing it. That's and funny. for whatever reason, she thinks that looks like fun. Um, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's monotony. It's, but... <laughs> it's monotony. It's tedious. It is. It becomes down to becoming a, um, well, a Henry Ford get it done on the uh, assembly line. Model, especially when you have multiple kids. Totally. So it's like, okay, we're not getting different meals today. No, no. We're all getting the exact same thing. I'm crack. I'm <laughs> knocking this thing out right now. Well, talk to me too. Uh, I mean, I think th- I'm glad we kind of talked about that at the start because I'm sure this theme will continue to show up uh, as we continue to discuss this. But I, I am really interested in this idea of right raising the kids in the faith. And I know your kids are really active here at Bethany. Um, I we try love. To be. Um, Peter and Henry are the young twins. They're going into second grade. That's right. They are going into second grade. And so they're, I, I get to see them at like story time on Wednesday nights and things. And they, they especially, um, Greta, Greta, your oldest is, is very thoughtful. Yes. Um, you know, a little quieter sometimes. Yes. That's um, true. And definitely keeps her brothers under control, which we really appreciate. Not always. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she has a stick and they are the proverbial beehive. Exactly. And she is whacking that beehive oh and my is gosh. creating chaos. I know. So right. that happens too. Yeah, that happens in my family too. <laughs> but it was like Peter or Henry, and each week you never know who will be. Like one of them will just get excited. Yes. About true. the story and have so many questions and so many great observations and comments. And, and I'm just like, does that happen at home as well? Oh yeah. 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 We try to, you know, we try to eat dinner around the dinner table like every night, mm-hmm. and you know, we'll have a devotion, and we will have. Chick-fil-A has these like little question cards. Oh, no way. That come out sometimes like in the kids' meals, uh-huh. right? So we've collected those over the over you know a period of time when they were doing that. And then we'll just have those question cards and we'll just start having a conversation. And it, it can spiral out of control very quickly <laughs> with the uh, unbridled enthusiasm those boys have. Uh, and we have to kind of curb it at some point because mom and dad still have things to do in the night, like totally. clean dishes and stuff. So... Uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, family dinner time is really fun uh, for us as well. And we try and one of the neat things that we've done that I'm I'm really proud of as I think about it too is we we have our family dinner prayer. I don't know if you have like your own specific one. We do, but we have one that's that we made ourselves that's unique to our family. Cool. Um, and th- what it is actually the reason that we have this one is that it's all we, we know. I, I came up with it because I just need I knew a tiny bit of sign language. And so okay. it's it's all in sign language. And the reason we did that is so that we could start praying with our kids back when they were toddlers and, and oh. young before pre-verbal. Because my kids did a little tiny bit of sign language growing up, just uh-huh. like more milk, um, right. food, eat, things like that. And so it's like, well, let's let's tap into this. And this could be a way for them to still feel involved in the prayer even when they can't yet, you know, they're pre-verbal. Interesting. Um, and so that's been cool. That's how that it started. Cool. And now they're obviously all very verbal. <laughs> For better yes. and for worse, and yes, um, yes. but we still have that same prayer, and like that's the thing too. I think about faith, is it has this real family identity to it, 
And I'm so sure it does for you too. Like you, you grew up in the church, right? Was your mom organist, choir My director? My mom was a choir director. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She had a. She's a very devout Lutheran, and um, yeah. Every time I went with family anywhere, whether it be extended family or whatnot, there was usually a church, something element in mm-hmm. there somewhere. Obviously, it's probably because it was a holiday of Easter or Christmas. Or Makes something sense. Like that, but still, very present. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 it's just. For me, like growing up in the church and, and I, you know, all these the pieces of liturgy that we sing, like I have flashbacks every week oh, to yeah. like sitting next to my mom with my shoes off in the pew because I hated wearing my church shoes. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I love that too. Like it has that familiarity to it. Yeah. And that's really what we're trying to do with our kids as well is like, yeah, like this is, this is who we are as a family. This is really important to us as a family. This is what it means. And, and we do that in other areas too, not just with faith, but like, no, like the Pricinger family works hard. Like, we really want to instill that this is a part of yeah, who we are. Exactly. Yeah. I like the word familiarity. That That's important, right? Like, that's, you're, you're, just, you're normalizing the, the behavior and the, you know, a part of who you are as being a Christian. And I, I think often, and I'm probably going off on a tangent, no, but no. I, just, I feel like uh, the secular world and maybe the more of the media world that we are yeah. evolved with you know, or de- deal with on a regular basis, try to characterize or make a caricature of what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and then it becomes, a, and then it, and then it just, it gets fragmented, it gets distorted and it loses its ability to be normal. Mm-hmm. And I just think when you do that, you provide that in, with your family every day as a father uh, that someone just says, this is just what we do. You kind of set an example that way. You normalize it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you just expect that to be a part of what your life is. And you hope that your kids carry that forward with them. And they just say, no, that, that's normal. I go to church every Sunday. Right. You not going to church every Sunday or not having a conversation of, of faith or thinking about how that um, feeds into your well-being as a person mm-hmm. and a part of your identity in a good way, in a positive way, that's, you know, I, 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 I want one of two things to happen for my children as a father. I want them to either to be able to, um, with that normalization, identify with other people that were raised that way. Yeah. Or at least, if anything, they grow with a confidence in themselves that, that they can share and bring that to others that don't have that and maybe help normalize that for other people. Exactly. One way or the other. No, I, lo- I love that, the way you're talking about it's it. It's not meant to be identi- as a as a separating thing. Uh-huh. It's meant to be something to give you a foundation of, of confidence. And I find too, I mean, in the Lutheran Church, we we are terrified of the word evangelism, um, even though it's something that no, Jesus it's asks us to do. But, but that's, I mean, but this is the really... I think the the relational way to go about that. And and in my life too, like the only effective evangelism I've ever done has just been me showing up as myself and yeah. be like, hey, like this lead is... Lead by example. Yeah, like... Not you, lead through necessarily words, but lead through example. Exactly. Just how you carry yourself. I remember talking with my fr- like a friend in high school who was going through a really hard time. I'm like, hey, like, I don't know if this is inappropriate or weird, but when things are hard for me, I pray. And yeah. I'm just letting you know that that's helpful for me and maybe it'll be helpful for you. And, that, you know, like, he became one of my best friends. You know, we worked at summer camp together. Yeah. He was super involved in the church. Like, that, that, again, my only positive evangelism example that I know of. Um, but, yeah, just normalizing it. 
that's what I think I'm trying to do for my kids is just like, yeah, I know, you know, they have friends who don't go to church. They have friends who are Jewish or friends who are Muslim yeah. at school. That's great. Yeah. Um, just like, yeah, this is our family. This is what we do. And, uh, you know, and they know obviously what my job is and see me up front on Sunday mornings. But I'm also just trying to like, normalize that too of just that dad is not any different and your friends will be freaked out when they hear your dad's a pastor but you yeah. also know that i'm just a normal guy too well you are i mean that's one of the things i mean and i'm not trying to turn this into a um i love nate moment but um nate is pretty awesome uh you are nice pretty job. awesome nate because Thanks. you do normalize it you you do make it you, you just when you when you step up onto the pulpit and you're or the lectern mm-hmm. and you are sharing a sermon for the Sunday, your sermons, and I think this is true for others in the, in the church too, this particular church. I think it's a, it's a theme for you all, but I like the way you go about it because you do create, um, a human perspective, not a, not a, not a, a, an ordained human perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of like, I'm special. God has touched me. I am a vessel that's speak, that he speaks through to you people, you lower people. No, not at all. It's more of like, hey, I'm just like you, and this is how you, you share a way of, of us being able to um, create functional use of the lessons of God hmm. in our everyday. And for me, I pull a lot of mental health out of it. Totally. Is how I pull it out from you know other people. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, people may have a different experience when they listen to you speak, but for me, um, you know, my mind puts me ties your message with those kinds of issues, mental health, and just being healthy and finding happiness, finding purpose, but also being happy in a regular daily way. No, I appreciate that, and you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, you know, just coffee coffee hour conversations yeah but yeah that's that's certainly a part of it of just trying to think of ways i really appreciate that compliment jeff but um yeah just think of ways to make it really practical for people of what they're going through and, and you know and so here's what i'm wondering about though so yeah that's how I, I stand up and preach on a sunday morning um and i i preach some other sermons too at home to my kids uh, I'm wondering if you ever do that too. Ever, of course. Uh, yeah, read them the riot act and. Yes, there are so, there are soapbox moments all the time in my house. Just about every morning on the way to school, there's a soapbox moment. Uh, how 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 are those like? How are those received by your three kids? You know, if I don't engage and ask questions, they're re- they're received as like, okay, dad. Yeah. Are you done? Are we there yet? Can I get out of the car? You know, but if I ask a question, sometimes it gets better. Yep. But I'll often, I'm guilty. I get on a diatribe and yep. I will just go off on something. Yep. And then they're like, okay. Beating a dead horse, dad. <laughs> They don't know that they don't know that term necessarily, but that's basically what it's happening. But I feel like that's so instructive too. I, I'm the same way, and I realize it too. Of like, I'll go on the diatribes and I'll think that they're listening. And then realize that they're totally not. And, and maybe someday, you know, they'll pick up on it. But I do, you know, like when things happen in the world, I want to talk to them about it. Um, you know, like there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on. You know, oh, yeah. I think about a lot of these school shootings and stuff. Oh, and I'm yeah. always, yeah. my wife and I are always Gosh. trying to be delicate about that. Of like, you know, it, and we kind of wait for them to bring it up a lot of the time too. Because yep. our, our kids, my kids are still young. And we don't want to terrify yeah, them. Yeah, of course not. Uh, and yet in the same sense, like if they're talking about it at school... It's like, okay, like, 
you know, let's let's try and have a conversation about what's happening in the world and let you know that you're safe, that you're going to be okay. All that stuff, you know, it's just a stressful existence. And, th- and that's something you and I didn't have to deal with growing up. Not so much. No. That's true. I'm trying to think of, like, Columbine was the first big yeah. one. And that yeah, was... I, was just, I was a junior or senior in college when that okay. happened. In so my, under, in my undergrad. How how are you approaching you know just all the stuff going on in the world? How do you and your wife kind of talk with your kids about that? Or are you kind of I mean they're also still really young. Greta's going into sixth grade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's a bunch of topics that have come up um, lately, but I mean I think the general thought is if there's a moment and I am present in that moment and something comes up of a topic like that, whether it be gun violence mm-hmm. or, um, gosh, uh, you know, current political matters of yep. the secretary of uh, the, um, SCOTUS. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So things that are going on with, with law and, and how that's changing. And words are thrown out of terms that have been used for the rest 30, 40, 50 years. Yep. And kids start asking you questions. If they start asking me questions, I I address them and I talk about them. Totally. I don't bring I don't I try my best not to bring the topic up on my own. Yeah. On my own terms. Because it they're still young. Yeah. They're very young. They're not they're I don't know, there's an innocence there that I don't want Yeah, you don't want them to, to grow be, up too fast. I don't want to be lost. Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm I'm totally with you on Sorry, that. Sorry, I'm kind of. I, I put you on the spot too. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, we kind of, well, we kind of, this one's this, this little conversation's evolving, but. Um, well, and I mean, I, I think too though, like what I'm hearing in, in all of this, right? We've talked about how our our sermons at home aren't as effective, um, and you talked about like just letting your kids bring up the questions. Yeah. But I feel like that that's so instructive. It's what it's on my best days. It's how I approach parenting. Of yeah. allowing the kids curiosity to lead. Yes. And well, well said. And I, I don't always get there because I do I go on my diatribes or my rants. Yeah. Um, but but in the same sense, I find that really helpful from a faith perspective as well, of not wanting to squelch their curiosity. Mm-hmm. And and my wife and I think are really good at that and encouraging it and just being like, well, yeah, what do you think? And like, oh, that's really interesting. And not not placing judgment on. Their processing of the world, their processing of the divine and the mystical, right? They're not... all these dimensions that really I don't, you know, like I have a lot of good guesses, um, and yeah. I have a lot of confidence in the Lutheran tradition and you know all these things I've studied, but also I want to, you know, at this young an age, there is no harm in them kind of just continuing to process this out, and I'm hoping that by creating that space of curiosity, whether it's in a matter of faith or a current event. That they also then learn to trust me, that they want to talk with me, absolutely right about these things. That's the, that's like the ultimate thing. Like I, the things I, I try not to wake up and worry, but the things I do wake up and worry about at times are, when my kids are older, do they want to live anywhere near me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, and, and I know there's humor to that, but I'm, 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 I'm saying it with some, some yeah, some gravity because. You know, I've got family that are all split out mm-hmm. all over the place. Me too. My wife has family that are all split out all over the place. And we are, we live here. We chose to live here in Denver. Uh, you know, our my job at the time brought us here. Um, but, you know, we're pretty far separated from any family help. And I don't know. I think, if anything, 
just like over since COVID and what's happened since 2020 and where we are today, like, I, man, there's so many tangents I could go into <laughs> but with, with this, but my point being, I, the thing I want to bring home when we've been talking about being parents is families are really important. It's a very, very important structure for, and it's all for the child. Yeah. It's all for growing the child. Yeah. And by having that role of, raising and growing the child, it forces the individual to also work on themselves. Mm. You know, like there's, mm-hmm. it all feeds off itself, right? And when you start to break down the family unit beyond even the nuclear family unit, just the four, you know, the two parents and the kid or, or whatnot, um, if you, even breaking away the extent, the extended family, you, you lose, um, I don't know. I, I, there's a richness that's lost. Yeah. In in childhood growth and, and and building a family up. And I just I think about how my parents. Um, I grew up in a very really good home, but we were completely separated, right? Like my mom's parents were in St. Louis, yeah. and my dad's parents were in California, and, and we were Buffalo. We were in New York. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, with all of that. Um, but that that also was kind of modeling for us, like, hey, just see your grandparents two times a year. Exactly. And now that's literally the existence that my kids have, yeah. is that we see the grandparents maybe two times a year, and that's too bad. Like, it's really sad. I'm really jealous and envious of, you know, the, the families here in Denver who all, everyone's here, everyone's close by, and they go to, you know, and there's, it also puts way less pressure on those grandparent visits, because it's just always happening. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Well, and before we even hopped on here, I was telling you about a, a, a grandparent visit that was supposed to be four days over Easter turned into 15 days right? because someone got sick and uh-huh. then that became a domino effect of things in the household and everyone got sick. And there's all this added pressure of this person having to like tend to this person, take care of this person and whatnot. But if they lived closer and there was a more normalized uh, every other week mm-hmm. occurrence of seeing this person, that person doesn't have as much expectation on themselves to like, I only have this moment with my grandchildren. I can only, I won't right. see them for like four or five months again. You know, yeah. it, it, I just feel like the, I feel like the separations of families and the distances that we've created for ourselves in the culture and the society that we live in in America yeah. has, um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily done. Well, I think it's maybe done a disservice to, uh, the family structure. Yeah. I think that, that's a, that's a fundamental human component, right? Absolutely. And you just think about how much, yeah, how much added stress um, has been created. It just, my wife and I, th- throughout our whole existence, have always lived separate from grandparents. And it's been such a hustle to figure out. Yeah. Where do we store these kids? Who's picking up who today? Who, right? And, and then yeah. you look at these other families, like, yeah, like, grandma takes care of. Exactly. <laughs> it's just those little practical pieces that I'm very jealous of. Um, me, so, yeah, hey, too. grandparents out there, you're doing great. Good work, everyone. You guys are incredible. <laughs> we love you. We do love you. <laughs> but um, within that, too, just thinking about, like, the way you talked about it is, um, yeah, some of these structures and just having this normalized interaction with grandparents or, or with parents, right, like by being yeah. approachable individuals yeah. who your kids want to grow up and live near. Yeah, exactly. That's how you originally said it. But, I mean, talk to me, too, about just how you model the faith. Because I think that's part of it as well is that, you know, show, don't tell. That's the, the, the adage, the age-old adage. Right. 
and right. don't and, don't be evangelists. Yeah, just be just be that <laughs> With person your kids, that, yeah. that does that. Right. This is just what we do. But I'm just curious if you have any like specific examples from your own life or how that's happening for your family. I mean, for me, I think it's just being involved and being here. Yeah. You and I having these conversations, I being in the choir, yep. we being at church as often as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to make it every Sunday. We don't always, you know, and if we don't all make it, at least I make a point of it. So that it's like, dad's going to church today. Yeah. At least so that people see that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, devotions at church at, at dinner time. Yeah. Um, saying prayers every night and songs of prayer when the kids go to bed. Um, when a tough conversation comes up, just sitting down with them and just being human and letting, and like being in a circle like you would if you're amongst the kids in yeah. class and uh, let listening and being there for them and not necessarily doing the diatribes in the car. Right. Those happen too. <laughs> but, but when there's a moment of like someone's broken, yeah, you know, there are tears, there is, um, pain in the face. You just, st- I, I stop everything. Mm-hmm. I don't care if care. My wife, if she needs to run out the door and go do something because she has to get to work or whatever. Cause so there's a blow up at seven thirty in the morning. If I get them at eight fifteen or eight forty five, and they're supposed to be there at eight ten, we're gonna address the mental thing right there and then. Right. Like I'm not gonna push it off mm-hmm. and say we have to go. No, we're gonna do this right now because all you're doing there is you're just you're you're leaving them to their own devices. Yeah, you're kind of teaching them to bury it. Yeah, and that's a. I think that's a. I think that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, we, we want to just address it right away and yeah. get it out there. And sometimes, you know, we've taught our kids too, like, hey, if you need time to process this, that's okay, but we're going to talk about it. So let us exactly. know when you're ready. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I appreciate what you're saying about all that too. It's it's so, so much about... That's, and that's doing my faith, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying, let's pull the Bible out and right. find the answers no, in the no. Bible to your problem right now. Let's just be, it's more of like, let's just be human beings that show love and caring Um feelings to each other absolutely and that each person's voice is heard yeah and is equal and i happen to maybe be 30 years older than you and have some wisdom that i could bestow on you at some point but right now that's not important what's most important is that you tell me how you feel because i want you to learn how to communicate and share that Mm -hmm. you need to learn how to be able to express and and communicate how you're feeling so that later on when other things happen called emotion or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just emotions, but but hormones kick in. Sure, you're not some awful off the rails so much because you haven't practiced before that point any way of how to um, properly or or in a understandable way communicate your feelings. Yeah, ex- I, I love that. I think that's so important. And and you think too uh, just about like you don't pull the Bible out, and yet isn't this the behavior we see from Jesus? Every moment in the Gospels of just being present with people. Yeah. Right? Like Let and, the kids come sit with me, please. Yeah. 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 And and even, like, there's there are stories where Jesus is, you know, it's like Jesus is going from this town to this town. And then along the way, he gets interrupted on his journey. But he's present with the woman who is is in need of healing, who's trying to touch his cloak, right? Like, that was when he's traveling from one yeah. place to another. Um, True. And there's, like, that's just, I think that's part of what the scriptures are always trying to teach us, is how... 
how to be a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how to be a person for other people. Um, and and that word compassion, right? Like that's yeah. really what you're modeling is a compassionate response. Right. Where you're yes. affirming their emotions, their struggle, their difficulty. You're not telling them like, hey, stop feeling like that. Stop acting like that. It's like, no, like tell me what's going on. I see you. I hear you. You matter. That's yeah. so much of what's happening there. I mean, I'm guilty of having moments where I say lock it up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It happens. Totally, yeah. It happens a lot. Absolutely. Uh, but I, if I do do that, I try to find a moment very quickly after that. Yep. To like just pulls. Look, I'm going to take this. We're going to take 15 minutes. And we're we're going to sit here and just have a conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, parenting. What a struggle. What? Yeah, but, a struggle. but it's a blessing too, right? Yeah. Like I said this earlier. Like it. Without parenting, I couldn't grow up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be a better adult mm-hmm. myself if because you have to self you start having to self-examine yourself mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. if you don't i don't know I, there, there's there's something wrong 100 percent, yeah yeah and just to think that you have it all figured out and that you yeah the fascinating thing is also doing this with a spouse and recognizing that the type of household that she was raised in is so much different than the type oh, of household yeah. I was raised in. And then recognizing that we don't want our household layers. to be like either of those. <laughs> layers. So many layers, Nate. So many layers. But you can only do that if you're willing to be honest and be like, oh, wow. Like, exactly. This is just, this is who I am. This yeah. is how I was raised. And that may be not the best way to do it. And, and that's yeah. okay. And just be like, okay, like I'm going to, I have to change my operating system. Yeah. Specifically to be more present, more caring more compassionate to my kids. Yeah. I mean, there's books out there that talk about the, the, the whole brain child and whatnot. And they talk about, you know, you've got that lower brain, that downstairs brain. That's very much this animal brain. Yeah. And then you have this upstairs brain. And I think when I'm trying to have those conversations, when there's emotions and there's tightness in the body and there's, you can see the facial expression and there's just, there's some, there's physical pain there. Yeah. Right, that's in, that's created within their own tension, and you're trying to like unlock them from that, and go up into the upstairs brain, and start using words, and rational thought. But it's to, so hard when they're yeah seven. But but the sooner you can help them climb up into that uh-huh. upper upper room of the brain. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather them work on that now at seven to to eleven. Yeah. Than them have to try and figure it out after they're seventeen or eighteen. When they can make some really bad mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Right, because right now it's just like, oh, you threw ketchup at your sister. Um, But whereas when they're 15, (laughs) it could be a lot more sinister and serious than that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jeff, um, this has been awesome. I just love talking with you all the time, whether it's on the podcast or in coffee hour. Just rambling. Yeah, just just two guys (laughs) hanging out. Uh, But thanks, sincerely, thank you for the ways that you are entering into this whole parenting process so intentionally. Like, it's just, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to know there's parents like that here at Bethany. Um, It's so great, you know, for your kids and and the other kids that you interact with here, you know, when you're helping out on Wednesday nights or elsewhere, right? Like, I just love that we have these kind, caring, thoughtful adults in this community because uh, that's what that's what we need, right? Like, it's it takes a village, as they say. It does. And it takes, I always say, I always tell our baptismal families, it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a church to raise a child in the faith. That's why we do this all together. Yeah, exactly. Any closing thoughts for us? If anybody wants to buy a house, Jeff Lilgren will put you in touch. She can help you sell your house too. Get your plug in. 
That's a pretty good endorsement, guys. It's a pretty good endorsement coming from your pastor. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. If, if, if I can be of service to somebody that way, great. Uh, other than that, I'm just happy to have you people in our church. And I love seeing happy faces. I try to be a happy face as much as I can. Three kids every day. It's it's uh, it's a it's a challenge to just mentally say I'm going to be happy today. Yeah. And um and I do. And so, yeah. Thank you, Nate. I really appreciate that. No, thank you, Jeff. And hey, listeners, thank you for listening. As always, stay in peace, everyone.